Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. With thanks to iSuzu, the iSuzu D-Max is born to live. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. I'm going to Europe in July. I thought, you know what, it'd be good to like get in shape, get a six pack. And I thought, you, you know what, I never had a six pack in 11 years of professional sport. What makes me think I'm a chance of doing it now? So what well, you're saying is, if anyone wants to take you up as a model now, oh, you're, you're put, you're working, you're putting the rig working. Oh, that ship is well. That's what. There's a reason I'm, ra- I'm on radio. Yeah. I'll be in Europe in the summer as well, mate. So we'll go. Oh, really? Maybe we hit up Ibiza together. Yeah, I'm yeah, to. Uh, got a six pack though. Yeah, no. I like you guys yeah. having a great summer. I'll be here. Um, but. So tell us what it was like to travel around with such a big company and such a recognisable brand. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, um, uh, it, it's, it's funny because when I retired, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I, my ex-wife was from New York City. I was moving to New York and I was like, you know, uh, I was kind of scared and, and, and apprehensive about where my post-life, a uh, post-career was going to go, you know. Um, and funnily enough, like two weeks after the end of the season, I got a call from um, my agent who is in L.A., um, to, to take a plane to, to Paris and, and, and go and do this casting. And I was just like, I was, I was like I got, I'm, I'm going to do it, right? Yeah. I go down there. I think nothing's going to happen. You know, I'm go down and see these people, cruise back, and then move to New York. New York. New York, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed that. I'm like, oh. oh. Um, but I, I ended up jagging the job, and um, it, 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 was, it was really interesting to, to be in front of the camera, like, in a, in a different way. I think the, the lucky thing for me was I was kind of, evoking this kind of idea about the sports person in yeah. any way in the, in the first campaign. So I was in a comfortable kind of space. Yeah, right. In the, okay. in, it was in the Barcelona um, Olympic Stadium. Um, it felt kind of natural in a way, mm-hmm. um, but very unnatural at the same time, you know. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a super cool journey. I've done some, we did some fascinating things, um, raised a lot of money for charity, run marathons in New York City, shot commercials in the, the desert in Namibia. Um, wow. I've been really, really for- fortunate, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it, it was a great experience for sure. And do you do still do a bit now? A uh, little bit of modelling, yeah. I don't, I don't actually work for Paco Rabanne anymore. They, uh, I think they, there's a, they, there'll be a new campaign coming out shortly. With uh, they, they revamped it and probably got a, a younger and. Uh, um, now it's probably a good time for everyone to know they're moving to New York. <laughs> don't, don't want to break the news, but they've got, they've got a new campaign. Yeah, <laughs> is there with modelling? Is there like can you train for it? Like, do you have looks? <laughs> that you that you practice like I, I, I'm, I'm, only ref, I'm referencing Zulina, Zulina 100%. I know, I've never thought about that but if you th- you know there there is a thing about being in front of the camera you like it's not I don't want to sound weird but you know you're good side or whatever like that yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing yeah. but like you do get into a groove and a rhythm to you know when you're doing different jobs like you know how to move and how to kind of uh, create yep. what they're looking for you know um, yeah I don't 
sit at home and, and practice in front of the mirror, though, if that's what you're asking. Like, I'm guessing you've done a few catwalks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have, I have. I'm a bit big for the big, big for the catwalk, to be honest with you, funnily enough. You enjoy um, it? or you... uh, No, a bit, a bit uh, too, oh, too big. large. Oh, yeah. wow, really? Too tall? Really, uh, no, too to, um, oh yeah, right. Oh, no chance in. Um, no. It's uh, I don't. I don't <laughs> really. You're my photos. Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> don't really fit the uh, the 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 sample sizes. So, but I have done a, a, a bunch before in New York, and, and it's 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 it's. What do you uh, do? It's kind of boring. Like, you, feel... you just walk in a straight line and then walk back. It's like kind of weird. Does it feel weird, it. like with your, like your hands and stuff? Because I remember like <laughs> even. Probably like with your we, hands, I'm just, where are you going with this? <laughs> when, whenever I have to like walk in front of a crowd, like if you're getting called on stage or something, and you know everyone's watching you walk, there's just that weird feeling like, I don't know what to do. Like, just, Remember when I, we had our headshots the other day? Did you find that? Like, I we had headshots here. I, I felt like I was going to die. Oh, really? I hated every bit of it. Oh, we've done, yeah. So we that's like it started yeah, every see, season, just, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. No, see, I, every time I have to get a headshot taken, I just feel but like. But I feel like the headshot's like you're in a rigid kind of certain specific yeah. way it's like very professional you know it's yes. uh, I think it's much different when you're moving and trying to you're trying to be yourself in front of camera I don't know yeah. try and bring what's the craziest life. shoe you've done like in, like you said in Namibia like what's yeah, the craziest thing they've got you doing in Namibia for sure yeah. I shot, uh, the, the, the wow. second campaign we um there, there was a crew of like 250 people it was like, it was like oh, a movie wow. it was like a movie man it was um it was super, super cool. Um, I, I had a stunt double. I couldn't do half of the half of the the, the commercial. You had a stunt double. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, with insurance for insurance. The guy was riding a motorbike. I couldn't ride the motorbike. Um, oh. So yeah, the the poor guy. He so did get, he have to look good as well? Um, well like, was he a good looking <laughs> dude? Because he looked like me, to be honest with you. I'm not that. Yeah, so. That'd be weird. It's kind of weird, so, weird yeah. to say, but yeah. Well, he well, I like mean, me, but, um, but he, uh, the poor guy had to get my tattoos right, oh. so he had to go for like for four or five hours before everyone else and get oh. the tattoos drawn on every day. Really, for like eleven days, poor dude. So, oh no, what's the industry like? Is it a bit? Is it different for males and and females? Oh, it's fantastic. The industry is it? Um, uh, you know, it's it's it, it's it's really interesting, and I'll, I'll say this: it is one industry where women earn more than men, right? Yeah. It's probably the only industry in the world. Yes. So that was actually like, for, for me, that's really empowering. And, um, you know, working with the girls, I, I could go to a job and know that the girls were earning 20 times what I was earning. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. So that's, that's, that, that was super cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it can be um, a little shallow um, in, in, in some mm, regards, but you just take it take it with a grain of salt and uh, smile and do your best. Mm. <laughs> now, the other thing you have going on is you're the co-founder of Athletes for Life Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about apparently I've done some fantastic things since I retired, but mm. um, shortly after retiring and and doing the things I was doing, I felt like um, there was something that was kind of missing, and 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 I was struggling in, in a sense um, that for the fulfilment, for the purpose, and you know, <clears throat> when you leave, Timmy, you can speak to this as well. When you leave that locker room or the the arena for the last time, your life, as you know, it ch- changes, you know, and you've been we've been you've been working on honing your craft since you were six, seven, eight years old. You go into high performance systems when you're 15, 16, as I'm sure yep. you did at Parramatta. Yep. Um, <clears throat> everything, uh, your life as you know it is, is, is all derived by your athletic identity. Who you are as a person is, is who you are on the, on the, on the rugby field mm. or, or, or in the sporting arena. Um, and and I, I realized that I was really struggling with that, um, mm. even though I was doing some different things and, and I was probably having much more success, um, you know, outside of the, the sporting arena. Um, but I knew that someone was missing. So, um, you know, we started Athletes for Life in 2019. Um, it's a couple of years after Lance Thompson passed away. I was telling Timmy about this a couple of weeks ago. 
um, Lance passed away. I knew I was struggling with this. I'd written down a, a uh, like a, I'd done a presentation on my computer, and I didn't show anyone because I was like, no one's going to want to look at this. It's 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 a lot of crap, right? Um, Lance passed away, and I showed my buddy, and my buddy's like, man, you're you're onto something here. Like this is a, if you're telling me that you're feeling this, um, you speak to other people that you know they know that they struggle. They don't know why they struggle mm-hmm. and they're looking for, and they're lo- always longing for uh, as a former athlete for, for, for that next kind of goal, you know? Mm. Um, so we, we started athletes for life to, to really kind of create a community to kind of empower the, the cohort of, of uh, elite sports people to kind of, you know, create better, more beneficial outcomes for, for all of us. You know, if we come to come together and, and chat about what we feel and, and, and kind of call deep on our own vulnerability to, to kind of outwardly express how we feel and, and the challenge that we face, it can be really empowering for, for, for other people. You know, we, we primarily, primarily target, um, athletic identity transformation in two ways, yep. um, by running marathons for charity or, or, or re-engaging with physical activity mm. in a proactive way, which is something that you, I know, I know you run Timmy, but yep. we've all, well, we both have friends that we used to play with or, or against that, that, that probably have let themselves go a little bit mm. or, or don't, don't feel like that they that, that they want to train or anything anymore. But the, all the science shows that it's actually really really beneficial. Um, and then with our online programming, so con- con- conditioning programs to to kind of um, a journey of self discovery, if you will. We we build a platform of a suite of programs with a team of psychologists in the US. And right. um, yeah, so like a, a journey of self discovery to cultivate multi faceted ideas of who you are because it is a really it's a very interesting career as an athlete because it's not like any other job in let you know my job will end when I'm 60 hopefully before um but (laughs) fingers crossed I can retire um but there is such a set time where you will retire and you probably haven't had the time to plan for after that have you yeah the, the thing is you really haven't kind of um, cultivated a, a diverse understanding of who you are as well. Mm. You know, everything's denoted yeah. to, to, to the sporting field. And, 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 and in reality, I spoke to you about this, yeah. uh, Timmy, like we're, 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 we're sons, we're, we're fathers, we're husbands, uh, before we're football players, you know, yeah. or rugby yeah. or, or sports people. Yeah. Um, like a plumber, you ask a plumber who they are, they don't say I'm a plumber. Yeah. But you ask a rugby, you ask a footy player who they who are you? First of all, you're, oh, I'm a professional football yes. player. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's a really weird way to kind of understand who you yeah. are. Um, and, and you know the, the the game they do do a lot of stuff. You know, financial literacy and 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 kind of all these well being things that they do. But um, until you live it, you know, it's it's you have to. It's the journey of within yourself, really, um, rather than you know a workshop from someone telling you go and do this. You've got to do the work yourself to kind of understand the value that you bring to the world. You've also been pretty open about um, suffering seizures for a couple of months after you retired Mm. too. So you must be quite fascinated by what the game is doing now. Yeah, I think that they're doing a great job, you know. Um, It's, um, you you know, I I, I wouldn't, even though I know what I know now and I suffer the the, the way that I suffer um, having seizures, I wouldn't, I'd still play, you know, mm. um, but they, they're doing, they're, the, the game is really doing a lot of, a, a lot of good things now, obviously with the spotters that they have and, and, and the, um, the HIAs and, and the, the independent doctors. So I think, I think it's great. I think there's a lot more to do as well. Um, we have to kind of really understand the challenges that people have because you know, oftentimes people suffer in silence, um, mm. post-career, you know, from, from too many traumatic brain injuries. Um, <laughs> obviously during the week, uh, uh, there was a, there's a, the new bio, oh, I'm going to, forget the name biobank i think it's called 
they're trying to do different kind of studies on, on, on and create biomarkers. Okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> taking blood and stuff like that, doing different things to, to, to kind of understand the dichotomy of, of traumatic brain injury, right? Mm. What, what's going on? Why do people ha- have these, um, the, these, these challenges from having too many head knocks? Mm. Um, Newcastle winger. Going to forget his name. James McManus. James McManus, yeah. So J- Jimmy McManus, I spoke yes. to Jimmy the other day. Jimmy, Jimmy's the ambassador for this, uh, this, this new, um, this new foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they're they're, do, they're doing a lot of great stuff. But you know, unfortunately, you know, I suffer from seizures, but I, I go and have all the the testing, and there's no abnormalities at all in my brain. Mm, nothing, nothing shows up. You know what I mean? But really? my, my doctor said to me, he's like, he's. It could be late onset ep- epilepsy, right? For, yeah, for right. sure. But he said it would be irresponsible of him to d- diagnose me with that, yeah. having been exposed to too many brain injuries. I guess because the research is only really starting now, it's not. You're not at the point where you know exactly now. All right. Well, that is. You've, you've got a bit on. I thought Timmy was, busy, <laughs> but apparently you're just killing it. So we're going to talk a little bit about the footy, and then we will come back a little bit to both of your careers, but. Parramatta's Ray Stone last night. He scored a remarkable golden point try in against Melbourne to make it three against the Storm. This was such an exciting finish. I imagine for you, Tim. It was an awesome game. And I really love the way that Parra wrestled it back. You know, Melbourne came out of the blocks a million miles an hour. Um, had a couple of tries disallowed early, but Parra just held their nerve and really did well to kind of get, get back into the game. So... And to win the way they did, I reckon Parra going to get so much confidence out of that moving forward and in the bigger games towards the end of the year when traditionally, you know, that's probably been the ones that they struggled with. I think, you know, the games, wins like this are going to really help them, you know, deliver when they need to. Always good, good confidence builder to beat Melbourne, right? So, 100%. Let's just listen to that call of Ray Stone, thanks to KO, uh, golden point try. Brown's got himself in an interference role. Moses with his first shot. Moses kick has hit the upright. Well, there's a bit to go here. I have no try. Okay. We're confirming that Raystone is offside. Well, it's touched there. Kick chases onside, including Raystone. Raystone being declared onside. He's beaten Jerome Hughes. The only Parramatta player in sight. He's done his knees in his We have a decision. Well, this is incredible. This is a most dramatic moment. Parramatta are winning the match in Golden Point with Raystone scoring the first double of his career, mind you. So the Eels defeat the Storm 28-24. to That uh, try from Ray Stone is bittersweet to listen to because, as you can hear, he has an injury. But just before that, the setup was amazing and um, Mitch Moses kicks it. it. It doesn't go through. And then Ray Stone, it almost, when you looked, you were sort of like, is he onside? Is he offside? But... Brad Arthur said in the post-match press conference, no, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew he was going to chase that. It wasn't just a spur-of-the-moment thing and made sure he was onside to do it. Yeah, they practiced that training all week, that move. <laughs> oh, mate, I don't do training, right. as you can tell. I think um, I'm pretty sure he was playing out in the centres at that time of the game. I could be wrong, but he um, he was playing out in the centres, which means he wasn't in that traditional middle forward spot that he usually is in. Yeah, right. So rather than being a blocker or being someone in okay. front, he was actually having to be onside. Um, and he did such a great job, and it is bittersweet because, you know, I, and I'm not going to hopefully that the injury's not too bad and that he's able to play again, but if he, if that is his last game before he goes to, um, you know, the Redcliffe, is it 
Redcliffe Dolphins? Yeah. We're not allowed to call them Redcliffe apparently. Yeah, I don't know what it's to say weird. Okay, so this is well, this is a bit of a tangent, but when we, when I we all went to the press conference um, where the NRL was announcing it, they said no, it's the Dolphins. It's not the Redcliffe. Right. It's, it's, the, it's, like, it's just yeah. Dolphins. They're trying to channel the NFL kind yeah. of. Like well, they're trying right? to make it so it's not like it's not just Redcliffe, so it yeah, doesn't eliminate you. everyone else. Did we not learn this with the West Tigers about having five home grounds? I don't know. <laughs> like Madonna, just just one name. There's just one no, name. Like, I'm thinking yeah, of doing that. Dolphins, I'm thinking of just yeah. being Jaleesa. So, yeah. So, before he, he signed there for next year. And, listen, there's there's been a few moments in Ray Stone's career over the last, over his last, you know, half a dozen games where he's probably been, um, you know, public enemy number one but it, to para fans, you know, and unfairly he's copped a bit of criticism yeah. for some big moments in games. So, for him to go out um, with two match winners, he scored a, a, a try before the end of the game mm. that could have won in the game. Yep. Then he scores another try that actually does win in the game. Both of them incredible tries. Like the way that happened, it was scripted so good. So if it is a knee injury, at least he can you know raise the bat and you know show the para fans how good he uh, he delivered for them. You score many doubles in your career, Timmy? Zero doubles. Yeah. Mate. So <laughs> he, in fact, I only scored six tries in my two hundred and thirty-three games. So is that true? Only six tries, guys. Quite so. a few games though. Oh. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know when I, when I was young, I, I was, feel like I remember more of them. <laughs> <laughs> when I was young, I used to be memories. a big boy, so I used to score tries just out of pure size. Yeah. And there was one year I scored 72 tries under 13s. 72? Oh 72. Gosh. So then to go to first grade and go like many, many years without uh, many tries, it's uh, it's not one of my greatest Only stats. Only six tries. There must have been a few nudie runs then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I was a veteran of nudie runs. I was like teaching the boys. I was giving them tips. So, like when a young kid comes in. <laughs> Hey, make sure you carry your clothes with you because if you leave it in, in the bathroom, someone's going to nick them, so just take it with you. Well, like, there, there's a funny thing about the modelling. If we go back to that, uh, uh, you know, the underwear underwear yeah. um, um, shoots, they, mm. the, the guys wear a thing in there, like a sock kind of thing in, really? their, in, their, in their pants. Oh. I've never done an underwear campaign, but I, that, that's one thing they do. So I'm sure you probably did that for your nudie run. Mate, I carry my clothes with me because I've seen guys who've had their clothes nicked, so they come back to get their clothes and their clothes are gone, so they're... Trying to find clothes. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, Stormer, obviously, a little bit um, under under the weather in terms of players. They were missing Harry Grant, Tyron Wishart due to COVID. Brandon Smith, he came back after only one week with a broken bone in his hand. Surely that wasn't going to happen unless he, they really needed him back. I mean, they, they were just down on – they had no hookers. Yeah, they did. And, you know, obviously you mentioned those two, but also Christian Walker's out for the year. Yes, yeah. Uh, Xavier Coates got ruled out just before the game. Um, you know, Tui's still out. That, that, that had a few guys out, so Brandon needs to step up, and he did. I thought he played really well. He looked a bit underdone; like he looked like he was yeah. he was um, sucking the big ones. But <laughs> he 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 played well. He scored a try, set the break that got them back in the game right then the game. Um, thought he did a good job, but um, Parra were too good. And like I said, it's a really good time to beat Melbourne because even with all those players out, they still had like their spine was there. They had Brandon, and then Jerome Hughes, Munster, Pappenhausen. All, you know, a lot of big guns on the team still. So for Parra to wrestle their way back into that game and, and win the way they did is going to be great for their confidence. Is it fair to say, too, that's probably what Parra have been lacking at times is when their game is on the line, sort of dropping behind a little bit? Yeah, yes. No, I think they've, they've gotten a lot better at that. But for me, the, the biggest thing Parra have got to be better at is winning the big games when they count at the end of the year. You know, Until they can get past week to a final series, they're always going to have that question mark over you know, their capabilities to win a comp. Uh, I personally think this is probably going to be the year. I think this year, if there ever was a year for Parramatta to win the competition this year, um, there's no more, and uh, I've got to say, carefully I'll say this, when I, <laughs> when I was playing, I felt like there was powerhouse, or powerhouse teams. There was 
Yeah, your Melbournes had your Cameron Smiths and your yeah. Cooper Cronks and you had your Roosters had your yeah, your Sunny Bills and your like the James Maloney's just they had a winning culture and then you had uh Cowboys had Thurston and Matt Scott and these just there was there was some games where if you didn't turn up you get flogged. I feel like Penrith are there, but they're still a young team. Mm. Melbourne don't have that aura that they used to have. Roosters haven't got that clicked yet. There's no team at the moment that you're looking at them thinking, oh, these guys, if you're if you're off, they'll be put 60 on you. See, I look at the Roosters on paper and I think that they're that team. But they just it just hasn't happened. They, well, I've tipped Roosters. I tipped them to win the Comets start of the year. And I still think that they um they can get – everyone's waiting for them to click. So everyone knows they can get there. But – like I said, there's, there's probably not many teams now that are watching the last three weeks scared of them thinking, mm. oh, I'm, I'm worried about playing them because they haven't looked um, as great as they should. I feel like there's not not many teams in the comp at the moment as well that can afford to lose any of their halves. Yeah. Yes. If you lose their halves, there's not a, a, a great deal of depth in the, in the entire competition, really. You know, remember back in the day, in the early 2000s, yeah. Brett Finch was playing in reserve grade for, for, for the Roosters, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. It's not like that anymore. Um, yeah. So I, I, there's, there's not many teams that really can afford to lose many of their spine. Yeah. And still, well, still, still. It goes back to the whole talent thing. Like I, and I watched the, the Warriors-Tigers game on the weekend. It wasn't, I, thought, I think it was in the paper the other day I talked about the, the talent pool, but mm. it wasn't the best game of footy. No. Mm. And now we're adding another 36 players to Ridiculous. the Dolphins, um, mm. which means you're spreading the talent even thinner. And what is that? Just the product, you know, the product of the game. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see where the game ends up in ten years. Because even now, the kids, kids are playing, but parents aren't as committed as they used to be when we were kids. You sure. know? So like people don't want their kids to play a you know twenty round comp. And I think that you know more the more information that you know we touch on the concussions, the more information yeah. that comes out with concussions, parents are, are, are getting more wary of, of their kids going and playing collision sport. You know what I mean? So I, the the, the dolphins. Uh, for, for me, it was a kind of a weird, uh, a, a weird thing. But uh, obviously, the game wants to expand, and and, um, and yeah, that's a bit. But, but I think they they could struggle, you know. Yeah. Uh, the thing that also has really um, affected that is two years of COVID. You've had the lower grades that haven't True, been playing. Yeah. Can we not talk about COVID, please. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they haven't. Been, they haven't been playing. That's a good point. Yeah. So usually, reserve grade play every week, and they just sharpen yep. up their skills every week so that they're ready to go when called upon. Yeah. Um, but if you have two years of guys just under underneath the threshold, guys who just haven't been sharpening it, that all I got is training. That's all I've had to do. But also guys that maybe would have looked at being professional rugby league players that have gone off and done something else. Yeah. Yeah. I actually know a few personally that do you? through the TLE, and they said, you know what, I could. They they weren't. They weren't in that top, you know, yeah. twenty yeah. players, twenty five players of the club, so they're just literally getting paid to train all day, and they're thinking, well, why am I doing this? I can go get a trade or do something else. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Probably why athletes for life exist, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, exactly. exactly. Well, you know, that yeah. ment- mentally, those guys there. So the, those guys have they've sacrificed more. Than, like I've, I was one of the fortunate ones where I went straight from school. The system just took care of me. I went straight yeah. into NRL. It was always smooth, right? But there's there's a big percentage of guys who. They're working. They come after work to training. Yeah. They pay reserve grade. They, like the amount of sacrifice they do, they like they hardly see their families. Yeah. Just for that small chance that they could potentially crack it, a lot of them don't. But cra- and crack it for what five years? You know, yeah, like, if you're lucky. Yeah. So lot, the, but a lot of them stats now. The the, the of a four, career. I think career. it's three or four years. Yeah. Out, yeah. Three or four years. I think. And then those guys aren't. They're going back to the world thinking I've sacrificed so much, and now here I am back to where I started. Yeah, exactly. Mentally, like, there's there's there's. Every player that finishes sport has got something to struggle with, whether it's yeah. that phase or whether it's your, you know, played 15 years at the top grade, played for Australia, played State of Origin, and then they stop, mm. and all of a sudden their life changes dramatically as well. You know, they're not getting, um, you know, the, the same recognition that they used to get. Their wages have obviously dropped from, you know, a million dollars to maybe $80,000. Like, it's a lot of changes in their life that they're trying to adapt to. So, Athletes for Life is such a good... Um, 
idea well, of, of helping players. I think that's a great thing about uh, elite athletes, though, is that we are adaptable. Um, once yeah. you can kind of conceptualize, you know, what what it is you want to do, and and and, and operationalize the skills that you've learned from 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 elite sport. Um, yeah, they also man. have a work ethic too. Like there's, yeah. you know, they're not scared of hard work like other people. Yeah, are. for sure. Yeah. We have the fundamental principles of, of making it in elite sport. Whether you play for ten years or you play one game, it's still the premise is still there. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a lot coming up on today's show. There's a lot actually happening in other sport, but um, we're going to have a look at the Raiders Titans next with Gary Belcher. With thanks to Isuzu, the Isuzu D-Max is born to live. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.